host Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Saturday. Christmas draws ever closer. James Golden, a.k.a. Boss Nerdly, with you here this morning. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-92. This has been a heck of a week so far. Anything and everything that happened and even more is on the table. Of course, we had the Jussie Smollett verdict. I was surprised it took as long as it did, frankly, to come in. And uh, there's there are even more stories about it. I expected the news stories on it would quickly fade. But there are a few more stories on that today. Um, weather. The tornadoes that hit... Missouri, Illinois, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee have left devastation. Uh, one of the places that was hit was an Amazon fact, uh, an Amazon warehouse, and unclear how many are dead and how many are injured there. We may be talking a very significant death toll, and I cannot imagine that our friends on the left would not begin their usual talk about climate change and global warming being somehow responsible for this horrific event, as they do any time there are weather tragedies in our area. Quite a few stories this week about the incompetence of our vice president, Kamala Harris. She's in the news today. She says that um, the right to abortion is non-negotiable, and I don't understand what that means. This is, this, the issue was, has never been a negotiation. The issue is a constitutional issue or not. And if it's non-negotiable, who's she negotiating with? I mean, there's also another story uh, that was earlier this week. I didn't have a chance to get to on the show. In the New York Post, incompetent Kamala Harris is even worse than you think. Today there's an article in Politico about how a bunch of uh uh, groups on the left, primarily um, civil rights groups, you know, black groups, et cetera, et cetera, all in the white, all the are trying to save her presidency because they, she's too big to fail. But she's failing anyway. I don't think that there has been a vice president in our lifetimes that has had the sort of ridicule earned, by the way, earned ridicule that this current vice president is going through, and it's her own fault. There's a there's a story today in at Fox News. Chris Cuomo, while he was with CNN before he was fired, uh, the host of of Cuomo Prime Time, was trying to find. He texted his brother Andrew according to a source. And the source says that Chris allegedly asked in a text to Andrew Cuomo how he could go after this Fox weather bitch, meaning Janice Dean, whether there was any help he could get painting her as a far-right crazy. 
Now, I want you to think about that for a second. If it's true, these are allegations, and it is being reported by a source. I don't know who the source is. If this is true, this is it's what we expect from CNN because this is the way that CNN operates. They are totally political, not oriented toward fairness, not oriented toward the news. Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, when he was in office, egregiously sent people into nursing homes that were infected with the coronavirus. As a result, nursing home deaths in New York State skyrocketed. As a result, the Cuomo administration tried to hide the true impact of that egregious decision. Among the people that died were Janice Deans, the senior meteorologist at Fox News. Both of her in-laws died. They were among thousands of others that died in nursing homes due in part to this decision by the governor. Now, here is the governor's brother, who is a supposed journalist on a supposed mainstream fixture in the news, texting his brother, hey, how can I go after this weather bitch? Now, just that alone, how can I go after this Fox weather bitch? Any help painting her as a far-right crazy? The far-right crazy is how CNN seeks to frame all Republicans. They're far-right crazy. So this is kind of in line with the CNN style book, if as it were. But then this personal attack, if, if this is true, and I would hope in all the course of the investigations that are ongoing, perhaps we will have someone that will subpoena the text records of Andrew Cuomo and maybe perhaps even Chris Cuomo to find out if this is true. I would love to know if this can be verified because it says a lot about the news organization that Chris Cuomo was hired by. It says a lot about, of course, the Cuomo brothers and their view of women, the disrespect that they have for women. It also points to the way that they tend to frame those people they perceive as enemies. And, of course, their complete denial of the truth that the policies that Andrew Cuomo put in place were harmful and deserved in the role of government to be questioned. Again, they think they're above the law, that, that they can do what they want with impunity, whether thousands of people die or not. Then the object is to go silence the Fox weather bitch not to get to the bottom of what happened. She's raising a legitimate complaint, Janice Dean was, the fact that two of her in-laws died as a result of government policy. Let us see what happens. In Los Angeles, 
It has begun to happen. Hundreds of people in the second largest school district in the United States are now fired. They are without jobs right before Christmas. And they are trying to implement online learning to force students who refuse to comply with the vaccine. At last count, it was 30-some-odd thousand students, I believe, 34,000 students are in, quote-unquote, violation of the mandates that they got from L.A.'s tyrant dictators on this COVID business that they have no choice in what goes into their bodies. Hundreds of employees now fired in Los Angeles for refusing to go along with these mandates. The Missouri Attorney General has ordered Kansas City area schools to cease and desist from enforcing health orders that require students to stay masked up all the time. We don't know yet whether Kansas City schools will comply. There was a story I led the show with yesterday, and let me pull it out. I left it nearby. Excuse me one second while I reach around for it. Aha, I have it. Here it is. The World Health Organization has informed the Epic Times that it has not documented any deaths from the Omicron variant of the CCP, which causes COVID-19, the Chinese Communist Party virus, which causes COVID-19. According to the WHO for Omicron, we have not had any deaths reported, but it is still early in the clinical course of the disease, and this may change. But so far, all of this hype, and not one death around the world, not one death around the world, not one death around the world reported from the Omicron variant. Not one death around the world, anywhere in this world. And yet you have Governor Hochul today in New York, the unelected governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, displaying her tyrant-like behavior, imposing a new mask mandate on all indoor public places, unless those businesses or venues implement a vaccine requirement, and I guess the owners of businesses are now supposed to be enforcers, the state enforcers, unpaid enforcers, to enforce Kathy Hochul's vaccine requirements. The unelected governor of New York Ogle says, as governor, my top two priorities are to protect the health of New Yorkers and protect the health of our economy. Well, you're ruining the economy. You're certainly not protecting that. She says these temporary measures she's taking will help accomplish this through the holiday season. No, they won't. They won't do anything. Her top two priorities 
Later in the show, we will be hearing from Princess Di. Lots to discuss with Princess Di. I sent a few stories over to her this morning. I'd love to get her comments on it. I'd love to see what she has. I want to talk about these migrants crossing through Mexico on their way to the United States as well. We had a horrible, horrible crash there. Loss of life, just horrific. And today there's a follow-up story. 55 migrants dead in a tractor-trailer crash as they were being smuggled into the United, uh, smuggled on their way to the United States. So we'll do that. First we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. Again, our telephone number, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. James Golden, a.k.a. Boston Early, with you here on the Crown Jewel of American Radio, WABC, 77 WABC Talk Radio. Later tonight, music radio with Cousin Brucey. Keep it here all day. James Golden will be right back. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. Christmas time. Quickly approaching. I have been urging folks for the last few weeks to pay attention to what's happening with the uh, supply chain crises. That is, again, a result of Joe Biden's policies and the policies of the Biden administration. And here's the time crunch, folks. If you if there are not enough drivers on the roads to get goods and services as they come through the ports into your cities, some of the things that you want for Christmas for gifts for people are not going to arrive on time. That's number one. If you don't, and if you think this is one of those years where you can just order online the day before and, oops, it's going to magically show up, okay, you're taking a terrific chance. If you're going out to the stores, you're going to have to, uh, if you're in New York, (laughs) deal with this mask mandate and this other nonsense from Governor Hochul. But... Be careful on the roads today. You heard the weather the weather forecast at the top of the hour. Fog everywhere. Almost every major artery in New York is tied up today. So give yourself plenty of time. Be patient on the roads. And enjoy the Christmas shopping season. Let's make it safe. Let's make it fun. And then you've got the SantaCon going on in New York today which is basically let's go get drunk and celebrate Christmas for people that uh, young people that do this. Okay, fine. You know, Jen usually does gins list with us on Friday. And yesterday she said her gins list recommendation was for New York city was to avoid it this weekend while Santa con was on. Not so as you can avoid contact with all the drunks that'll be out there. I thought that was a little funny. Uh, as you know, on Thursday, uh, New York City Council voted to let non-citizens who've been in the city for at least 30 days 
and are legal permanent residents in the United States vote for races such as mayor, public advocate, borough president, and city camp and city council, according to WABC. That was uh, cited uh, as as the source in the story by American Wire News. WABC reported, and it's true that this includes green card holders, immigrants with work permits. And <clears throat> illegal aliens who are benefiting from former President Barack Hussein Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, DACA. Yes, you don't tell you that part. The DACA folks can vote, even though they are technically illegal immigrants. And by the way, you can just see what's going to happen after that. I mean, if you would let some illegal immigrants vote, why not all of them? Why not equity? And we all know that this is just the first step in what Democrats want, which is to let any and everybody, including illegal immigrants, vote. All illegal immigrants. The measure takes place January 1st. That's in a few weeks. We'll make New York the largest jurisdiction in America to expand voting rights to non-citizens, according to WABC, and that is correct. Eligible non-citizens. How many other countries in the world do you suppose you could go to? And as a non-citizen of that country, if you stick around there, if you... Let's say you have a 30-day visa, 35-day visa, 40-day visa or something. Let's say you visit, oh, I think I'm going to go to France for two months. Do you think France would let you vote in their elections in Paris, let's say, in Paris, France? Do you think that they would let you vote? Do you think you can go to Mexico City, and if you stay for 40 days, all of a sudden it's election time, they're going to let you as a non-citizen of Mexico vote in the local elections in Mexico City, do you think that would take place as an American? Do you think that you could go, let's say, I don't know, to some city in Guatemala, and as American citizen, just stay 31, 40 days, and they let you vote? Do you think that that would take place? I don't know. Pick somewhere else. Do you think that as an American you could go stay in Moscow for a month and the Moscow folks would just say, oh, you're here for a month? Oh, you're a non-citizen? Oh, come on and vote in our elections. Do you think that would happen? Do you think that you could visit Beijing and, and just stay in Beijing for 30 days if you make it through those 30 days alive, 31, 32 days in Beijing, and the Beijing City Council would say, the Beijing Communist Party City Council would say, oh, great, glad you're here, American non-citizen. Come vote with us in our election. Do you think remotely that this would happen anywhere else? And if you don't think it would happen anywhere else, why is it happening in New York City? There is something inherently wrong about allowing non-citizens of a country to take part in the elections, whether they be municipal, federal, or whatever elections in that country. Why is it that in New York City now, 
you have to suffer through this. What good do Democrats do? I'm not trying to be mean-spirited in asking. I would seriously like to know. We have Democrats that listen to this show. I know you're out there. What I'd like to know from those of you who support the Democrat Party, those of you loyal to your party, the Democrat Party, those of you who continue election after election to go in there and pull the lever for the D, because that's what you've been doing all your life, I would like to ask you a very serious question. If you would, if you are able, if you have the political courage to pick up the telephone and give us a call here at WABC and just tell us what good has the Democrat Party done for New Yorkers, for people in any of the listening area, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or any other state in our union, what good have the Democrats done? What do you feel that the Democrat Party has done right? What do you feel that the Democrat Party has done to contribute to life in your city or your state getting better? What good are Democrats? 848-WABC, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. You're out of state if you live in the extended listening area or you're listening on your app, the WABC app. And I'm very serious about this. I don't, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that I am asking you to call in so I can berate you. That is not the purpose. No, I'm very serious. I'd like to know from you, what do you think the Democrat party has done right? Do you think allowing non-citizens to vote makes sense, for instance? Do you think these never-ending mask mandates and mandates about COVID make sense? When in contrast, you can look at the mandate-free state of Florida where the coronavirus is now mostly an afterthought. Do you think that your party, the Democrats, are helping American citizens? Why do you think you would vote for Democrats again in light of what's going on with the economy, with inflation, with the supply chain mess? Do you think Democrats are helping the social order in America. Do you think that they've done something that's right? Are they on the right track while Republicans have screwed everything up? If that's what you think, I'd like to know why. I'm genuinely interested. We can have a discussion. We can have a civil, how's that, a civil discussion. What good are Democrats? Or, put another way, what have the Democrats done that is good? What do they stand for that is good, that helps people in their lives? What do they stand for that helps Americans, that helps New Yorkers achieve the American dream? 
And that includes you progressives who are Democrats as well. Anyway, here's the problem with doing this challenge. Most Democrats won't call because they're great at listening out there on the radio, but they don't want to pick up the the phone and try to and try to explain what it is that Democrats do because I bet my feeling is that to a number of Democrats they're looking at some of these things and shaking their heads too. Don't understand it. I don't understand why they do that, but I'm still going to vote Democrat anyway. 800-848-WABC 800-848-WABC is the number to call 1-800-848-WABC. Take a break. We come back. We've got a few more news items to get to, and then we'll get to your calls. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. Don't go away. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I gotta go. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop so in. Nice. I'll hold your hand. Just like My that. mother will start to Beautiful, cry. what's your hurt? Father will be pacing the floor Listen to the fireplace so roar really Beautiful, please don't hurry Maybe just to have a drink more Put some records on while I Neighbors pour Baby, it's bad out there Ah, oh, yes no cabs to be Christmas classics right here on WABC Talk Radio 77 New York James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you Baby is foggy outside. It's cold outside. And, 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 and. Let, let me get to this story. I, I, I talked about it very briefly. Uh, there was a horrible accident. I don't know whether it made uh, a lot of news. It was certainly headline news yesterday. We talked about it. But as a continuing story, this is one of those that just comes and it goes. 55 uh, migrants. People that once they cross our bodies would be considered illegal immigrants were killed. And the death toll may go up because they were in the back of a tractor trailer making its way through Mexico in the state of Chiapas. And there were 200 of the people trapped in this uh, truck. It careened into a bridge. And 55 people were killed in a matter of moments. Well, some took a little bit longer because they died in the hospital. Over 105 more are injured. And Mexico is vowing, the government of Mexico is now vowing vowing that there will be no impunity. That's what Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard says, that they're going to take immediate action against human traffickers. And that's a joke. It's a joke. Mexico is one of the most corrupt nations on the face of the earth. And let's just face it. Their government is in shambles. I don't care. You can just elect a different bunch. They come in. They're just as corrupt as the last bunch that left. The police there we know are corrupt in many parts. Not all, obviously. Not all anything is is all corrupt. There are people in the government in Mexico who are trying to do the right thing. We know that. But as an institution, the government of Mexico's governmental institutions are corrupt. And for some reason, they never seem to be able to 
pulled themselves out of the state of corruption that has allowed. Why do people want to leave a country anyway? Because they can't. Because of whatever reasons are put before them, see their path to a happier, more productive life in their country. The opportunities are not there. Now, it's stunning to me that you have in the North American hemisphere, you have Canada, which is extremely, say what you want about the Canucks, but most Canucks don't moan and groan about their standard of living. They seem to be doing okay. You have America, where if not for a large influx of undocumented people here, illegal immigrants, if not for the lawlessness that's allowed to uh, to live in American cities, America would be well on its way to being a nation where most people enjoy the standard of living. If not for the lawlessness that Democrats continue to bring to our nation and the cost of associated. And then you go to Mexico. And Mexico, if you look at what it isn't, is where a lot of what is wrong with the Northern Hemisphere is fueled. And then you go down to Central America and further into South America, and what you see are patches of democracy that work. What you see are patches of of, um, stable economies that work. And then you see this fight between socialism and capitalism that's been playing out for over a century, where where countries like Venezuela, which should be a wealthy country beyond belief because of the natural resources there, and were a country that are doing well, slid back into socialism under Hugo Chavez and has since become a third world country again. Chile had made remarkable progress. Colombia, despite the drug trafficking that was the hallmark of that economy, has now diversified their economy, and it's not just the drugs. And for a lot of people, the standard of living in Colombia, the nation of Colombia, has improved. But you look at Central America, and there are countries in Central America that aren't doing bad. But then you have countries where it's like the entire underclass wants to flee into America. And right at our doorstep is a country that is a failed nation state. Mexico is a failed nation state. It is a country where corruption has taken over almost every level of government. And people die in unnecessary ways every single day. This human trafficking that is taking place through Mexico is on an astounding level. And despite what Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard says, Mexico will not do anything about it because their failed system of government cannot do anything about it. I, for the life of me, don't understand why the United States of America tolerates this on our border. Why we just don't call them out as being a failed nation state and demand a complete overhaul in the governmental institutions of Mexico and close the borders 100% 
if we have to, until we get some progress on this. The drugs that are flowing into America from Mexico, the criminality that is flowing into the United States from Mexico. Now, that is not to say the Mexican people themselves are a bunch of criminals. I am not saying that. I am not saying that the average Mexican citizens are corrupt. They are victims of a of a corrupt government themselves, which is why so many want to flee. Mexico has enormous natural resources. Mexico could be a world leader given the natural resources that exist in that com- in that country. All one has to do is look at the literature that comes out of Latin American countries, and that should dispel any notion that the Mexican people, the Central, Central American people, and South American people are somehow not as capable as anyone else in the world. The literature that comes out of these nations is just simply astoundingly beautiful. I've only sampled... I've sampled it on and on most of my life after I've learned how to read. I've read some of the authors coming out of Mexico, coming out of Central American countries. Some of the things that come out of their literature are just so pricelessly beautiful. So just like every other human, they are totally capable. We human beings are capable. We don't have by race, by gender, anything else like that, people that are inferior. What we have are inferior governments. What we have are corrupt governments. And Mexico has been a failed nation state for over half a century. And until that is addressed, really, we will always be fighting a battle on the southern border. Socialism must be defeated in Central America and South America in order for there to be stability in the North American hemisphere. That's the bottom line. Well, anyway, WABC Talk Radio 77, let's, Matt, go to the phones. Where shall we start? Well, let's go to Henry in Manhattan. Welcome, Henry, WABC Talk Radio 77. It's James Golden. What's on your mind today, Henry? Well, I think your characterization of things is uh, a little misleading. As a matter of fact, a lot misleading. Okay. Uh, What does a failed state mean? Does it mean that there's total anarchy? That may be what some people uh, would, would say. Yet there is not anarchy in Mexico. Every day, tens of thousands of Americans cross the border in both directions, Uh, from uh, Texas to California, you know, from El Paso to California. Uh, Does that, is there anarchy? Do you have faith in, do you think that Mexico's judicial system is a fair system. We have horror stories of what their entire law enforcement operations like, what the jails are like. You have 
tens of thousands of pounds of drugs moving across the border into the United States. You have this human trafficking that is allowed to go on for over half a century now. So you tell me, what would what is Mexico's institutions if they are not failed? Let me ask you, if tens of thousands of uh, pounds of drugs are crossing the border, is it because there are there is a demand for tens of thousands of pounds of drugs here or it's being sent for no reason? No, there is absolutely supply and demand at work. That is true. There is absolutely supply and demand at work. But in America... So, so what's our part? So our part the United is... United States' part in uh, stimulating uh, the uh, drug... Uh, uh, our part is that we cannot keep up with the lawlessness here in blue cities and blue states because we have lawless Democrats on this side that allow it to continue. Now, all you have to do, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and, and it is not only in the blue cities that we have a drug problem. I'm not nearly that naive or that partisan. So, but let me say this. If you look at the criminality that occurs in the United States, where is most of it? It is in the cities of the United States, the blue cities. And you have failed liberalism working its way through all of these blue cities, just as you have failed institutions of government in Mexico. You know, New York, for example, I love New York. There's no one, I think, that loves New York more than I do. Uh, This is my home. I love, love, love New York. But can we be honest about New York? New York has had a corrupt system of government since the time of Tammany Hall, and the vestiges of Tammany Hall have not been wiped out. The New York Democrat machine has so much institutional corruption inside of it that it will take generations to wipe it out. Do you agree with that or not? No. Because I think, for one thing, let me just answer part of it. Uh, Part of it is the majority of the population is in cities. That's why you may have the majority of the crime. Does that seem to correlate in your mind uh, reasonably? Not necessarily. The majority of the population that lives in the red states, if you add them up all together, it's significant. And yet the problems of crime are a lot less because we don't have in the red states the same kind of tolerance for things like they do in blue states. For instance, California is the largest populated state in our nation. Look at what's happening in California. You have these smash and grabs that are now part of the culture there because liberals in government said, oh, well, we're not going to arrest you if you if you only steal up to a thousand dollars worth of stuff. So what do you get? You get smash and grab robberies. You have gangs of thugs now prowling the the areas in California, seeing where they can rob with impunity in 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 California, in California, you have what they call a sanctuary state, meaning, oh, we're not going to follow immigration law. We'll just let anybody and everybody come here. doesn't matter. And we will protect them against the federal government. First of all, I don't understand how that's been allowed to stand for years, that we should have taken the Republicans, if they had any cojones, would have taken this thing to the Supreme Court a long time ago and dispelled of that notion 
But you have this lawlessness that is state-sanctioned in California. You have lawlessness that's state-sanctioned in New York. And New York City is a sanctuary city, for goodness sakes, where you're just telling people, oh, come here illegally and just live off the taxpayers of New York, and we don't care whether you're here illegally or not. No, this is a blue city problem. Democrats, as a party, support lawlessness. And I'm sorry, you have New York with these so-called bail reforms, letting criminals back in the streets. And you get story after story how these criminals go back out, murder people, rob people, rape people. And what do the officials do? They just say, okay, and go about their merry business. They don't care. You have stories where illegal immigrants come and kill American citizens like this Daniil girl. And then you get these high-priced uh, uh, Democrat blue defense lawyers that get them off on the charges. If you are living in California and you're an American citizen, you are a second-class citizen in your own country. Illegal immigrants have more rights than you do. Are you there? I'm here. Go ahead. So what about... Uh Florida, one of your uh, uh, key red states, being the hub of uh, drug traffic from South America and Central America into the main uh, uh, body of the U.S. Miami's run by a Democrat. The blue cities, Miami. But look at, wait a minute, you asked me a question. Hold on, you asked me a question. I'm going to answer it. But Florida, the free state of Florida under Governor DeSantis is flourishing. The economy is flourishing, and you have more and more people that want to move in Florida. You know why? Because for once, you have a you have a governor there that is enforcing, and he just said last night he's fighting the federal government dropping off illegal immigrants into the state at 2 a.m. in the morning when no one's looking. You have a governor that supports freedom, not closing down businesses in a heavy-handed, tyrannical way. Florida is a free state in comparison to the blue cities and blue states. And they have a great governor. And that's why more people want to go there. So don't you dare knock Florida in comparison. And let's not even talk about taxes. Oh, ho, ho. what you guys in these blue cities have done with American taxpayers' dollars is shameful. But yes. who's in charge? Who's in charge of Florida? The governor or selectively a mayor of a blue city? He is working with, and the governor of Florida has decided that he is going to go after, and you saw it with this battle over COVID restrictions, where these blue city Democrats decided they were going to try to go up against Governor Ron DeSantis, and he is crushing them in court. He is fighting them when they are trying to get their lawlessness through. He's not standing for it like other Democ- like other Republicans just say, well, okay, and they put their tail between their legs. You Governor DeSantis actually fights. You mean there are some Republicans who who fail in doing uh, as much as Santis does? Oh, there are some Republicans who fail. Look at this clown up in Massachusetts. Well, yeah. how do you explain Look that? Look at him. Or- brilliant uh, Republican because uh, we have liberal Republicans that's why we have rhinos they're Republican in name only they they belong to your side anyway they're Republicans by fact of registration yeah they're rhinos they're Republicans in yeah but we have rhinos just like you people used to have blue dog Democrats and yellow dog Democrats 
You people well, used to have, hold on, you guys used to have conservative Democrats, except you threw them all out of the party. You know, the ones that used to think that life was important, the ones that used to be pro-life, you guys tossed them out because you have no tolerance. How can you talk about no tolerance? You Easy. make these sweeping statements that do not apply to every every person, and you say it as if it applies to every person. We don't have smash and grabs in Miami, do we? I don't know what you have. Uh, well, no, we don't, because we don't put up with that. Because the people of Florida don't put up with that BS. Let, let me ask you this. When yeah. the first smash and grab in Miami occurs... What are you going to do to... I'm going to blame the Blue City Democrats who run the state. What else would I do? What are you going to do to explain the fact that you are now making this sweeping generalization? I'm going to make more sweeping generalizations. What else would I do? Oh, I see. Your your rhetoric is... But I tell you all the time that I make sweeping generalizations and that there are exceptions, of course, because they are. I don't hide that. Just like I said, just like I said, listen, listen, just like I said, that even though I'm talking about a failed state in Mexico, I'm not talking about the Mexican people themselves. I'm not casting them with that broad brush. I'm not trying to cast anybody with the broad brush. When, sir, you are right about sweeping generalizations, which is why I always amend my statement to say I'm not talking about every individual. And of course, there are exceptions. But in general, let us face facts, my friend. In general, your blue state Democrats have failed America. Is that is that true or is it not true? Suppose I told you for the last 50 years and I'm 72 years old, Mm -hmm. I've been a registered Republican in the state of New York. Oh, God bless you, sir. I just say, well, good. But well, I, and and you've been up here so long, you've been up here so long, you start sounding like a Democrat, poor thing. It doesn't matter what I sound like. The fact is, I'm counted as a registered Republican. And we have plenty of rhinos in the party. I'm glad for you. What, what do you care whether you put, a, you put a name on it, rhino, like it... Because it explains what lane you're in. I don't mean anything bad by it. I'm okay with rhinos. As long as they don't win. Well, let me ask you, uh, do rhinos have what you're calling rhinos have as much right? Uh, to, look, uh, hey, uh, hey, I'm sorry. My, 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 my producer just told me I'm way over time. I got a break. I love your discussion. Can you call back sometime? And let's continue this. Of course. I please. Thank you. I love speaking with you. You're a great guy. Have a great day. Okay. And enjoy your Christmas season. And you be safe out there. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye now. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, late for a break. We're going to take it. We'll be back. More of your calls coming up. Bye. Perhaps the most popular Christmas song of all of them. Maybe. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Nat King Cole. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Help to make. Season rise. 
tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. Oh, I love that last caller, and you are welcome to join us on the phones. We will have our princess make an appearance today. America's princess of policy, the great, the one and only, Her Majesty, Her Royal Highness Diana Me, will be here after our, our first break in the next hour. Uh, and uh, let's go back to the phones. Where do we go, Matt? Well, let's go to John in Staten Island. John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly with you. What's up? Well, this is Snurly. That list. What? 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 I. Uh, I. I. Matt. Next. Matt. Next. <laughs> Let's go to Frank in Staten Island. Frank, Staten Island, WABC. <laughs> Hi, Frank, what's doing? on your Good morning. Uh, good morning. What's on your mind? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, see, I, so I see that you did put out the call asking for Democrats to call in to see like what what, what good have they done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I am Dem- I'm registered Democrat. I guess okay. I'm more of the blue dog. So I'm I, I like I'm more conservative, but I'm still Democrat in name only. So I'm a Dino. You're right? a Dino, and, okay. Um, I'm a definite Dino. I, 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 I guess you could say that they wouldn't like me. I, it's like they would probably call me a traitor, a traitor to their party. But I have to be. A traitor because they're terrible. The the things, the policies they want to do nowadays or in the last you know seven years have been terrible. Um, you know, there are some Democrat people that I really like, like Manchin, uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. They are the heroes right now, at least for me, that are trying to hold up some, uh, some bad policies and, and 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 try to push back against them. But, but, but see, with me, I don't know what it is. What it is. Maybe when I was young, when I, when I registered the vote in the beginning, when I was 18, maybe it was Republican. And then somehow I changed over to Democrat. It's hard to say why. Maybe it's like back then, I, did, I, I really didn't like what they called the yuppies. I didn't like these people that, that really got into money so much. And now I kind of regret it. I think money is really good. I think capitalism is very, very good. I read Ayn Rand. I read the, the, the oh. and Atlas Shrugged. I really get into that. But I, I don't want change. So I, I don't mean this thought. to be offensive at all, but what happened was you grew up. You matured differently. Yes. You started yes. seeing that all the idealistic things that you believed when you were younger yes. were, yeah, and, and that maybe having security and all that was giving you a better position for your family and to provide for your family in the future, correct? Yeah, correct. I, that, it's like uh, I mean I, I mean I, I'm really into free speech also, and maybe like when I did become a Democrat, um, I, I, like I didn't like what, what, what Al Gore's wife was doing with trying to uh, hold congressional meetings about putting labels on albums and stuff like like that. That ain't I see. Liked. Yeah, I got hey Frank. Like, sadly, we're out of time, my friend. But I'm going to invite you to call back because you're an interesting guy, and we want to find out more about. Where you stand these days, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We have another full hour to go. We love having two hours. So join us in the next hour of our program, will you? Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot to cover, and we'll be right back. Golden.
a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. On WABC Talk Radio 77, our number duo. Your call is welcome, 848-WABC. 848-92-TOTO. You know, one of the things I thought was funny, I read an article this morning, um... What led police to uh, begin to suspect that old Jesse was lying to them? And it turns out the Subway sandwich was a key piece of evidence, his sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so I read the headline, I'm like, wait a minute, how can a sandwich be evidence? Well, here's how. The ex-superintendent of police, Eddie Johnson, says that um, Smollett, Smollett said he left his home about 2 a.m., bitterly cold in Chicago. Almost nobody's on the street. He says, okay, that's fine. That morning was one of the coldest in Chicago that year. Hardly anyone was on the street. He comes back. He gets attacked in a hate crime, supposed hate crime. And all during this scuffle, they poured bleach on him. And all of this, when he got up, went to his apartment building, he still had that Subway sandwich with him. That doesn't happen. I'm like, wait a minute, that kind of makes sense. You're on your way back from Subway, getting a Subway sandwich, maybe tuna fish, <laughs> and uh, and then you get beat up, and and they pour bleach on you, they put a noose around your neck, they kick your butt, and you get back to your apartment, and you have the sandwich in your hand, and the sandwich hasn't looked like it's been touched. He said that was the real tip to police officers that there was something wrong with this story. And that Smollett was suspiciously nonchalant about removing a noose that the opposing attackers had put around his neck once he got back to his apartment. I don't think there are many black people in America that would have a noose around their neck that wouldn't immediately take it off. He says, I got news for you, Chief. There are not many people that would have a noose around their neck that wouldn't take it off, except for those people that like that asphyxia, whatever it is, that they try to hang themselves and stop themselves right before so they could have a better big O. You know, that's kind of nuts to me, too. But, hey, 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 there is a story also that ran the other day, over 200 newspapers suing Facebook and Google for killing their advertising. Now, I don't want to get too inside the weeds with this one, but this is one I'm going to be following because of the impact that Facebook and Google both have had And what the newspapers are saying is that these tech titans have manipulated the advertising market. And as a result, they've hurt publishers. Well, I want to see how this one turns out. Article in AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com, a news site that I am uh, looking at. And by the way, once in a while, they publish something that I write, and I'm going to be writing more often. AmericanWireNews.com, these Democrats are livid with their own party, and it is an outline of what some Democrats in the party, sort of like the question that I've been asking, do you all go along with this stuff that the Democrat Party is proposing? Like in New York, our city council here, deciding that it's okay to vote if you're a non-citizen. So that's a story worth looking into. The Hill has another one. 
If you're rounding about the net looking for something interesting, dispute between Wyden and Son on taxes becomes public. Well, no kidding. We did the story three weeks ago. You know, Ron Wyden's son, he's one of the uber libs in the Democrat Party. His son runs a hedge fund. His son tweeted out a few weeks ago wanting to know why his dad hates the American dream so much. Why all this attack on wealthy Americans? The New York Times did a story on that Friday, followed up by the story in The Hill. I'm Not Friday. They did it, I think it was earlier in the week. They did a story, and that story was followed up by one in The Hill um, that ran yesterday. Dispute between Wyden and Son on Taxes becomes public. I just gave you the dispute. His daddy is like one of the big, big tax and spend Democrats. And his son is in a hedge fund making money, wants to know how come, hey, daddy, how come you hate the American dream so much? Why do you want to tax people's wealth away from them? That is a question that should be asked of many politicians. Jen Psaki, out defending the mandates. There is a story, uh, Fox News, it's okay to let children eat lunch in the cold to keep kids safe. Dealing with these ins- the insanity of these COVID mandates. want to remind you again, the Omicron. The Omicron virus has not taken a single life around the world yet. That news from the WHO yesterday, the Omicron that that, that instituted Joe Biden's racist attack on African nations, forbidding them to travel to the United States because he doesn't want more of those dark people coming into America. Well, apparently the Omicron hasn't taken one life yet, proving how racist Joe Biden's travel policies are. Okay, he's let people in that had the Delta variant, and we know the Delta knocked off a few people, not trying to make light of it, but the Omicron hasn't. But even before the Omicron became widespread, Joe Biden said, okay, let's stop those Africans from coming in here. We don't want any more Africans in the America. We don't want that jungle. That's that's what he used in the old days when he was talking about uh, his kids, not wanting his kids to go to school with a bunch of black people, didn't want his children in that jungle. <sighs> the GOP is actually spending money, shockingly. They're dropping millions of dollars in ads to hit Democrats on the issue of inflation. Whoa, what a day in America. The Republicans are actually seem to be on point. They actually realize that inflation is a tremendous threat to Americans. And they are making sure that they are nailing in advertisements the Biden administration for being responsible for this inflation we're suffering right now is the worst it has been in 40 years. Thank you, Joe Biden and his administration. Oh, did you see President Trump went off on Netanyahu for congratulating Biden and just pretty much said, F him, you know? And they were they were pretty tight. That was an interesting story. Of course, I saw a, a subsequent story that Netanyahu, BB, said, well, hey, look, I had to do it. Hour two, when we get back from our break in a few moments, our Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, will join us. Her Majesty, Her Highness, will join us. But we also want to continue to hear from those of you Democrats who want to call us and explain us what the Democrats are doing that's so great. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a sweeping generalization. Yes, it's true. 
But we want to know. We want to hear from Democrats. We want to hear why you support the Democrat Party. And why you, and what are they doing that you approve of? Okay. Another article in the New York Times is for subscribers. So, you know, there's a guy that they hired as a, a columnist, Jamel Bowie. They got him from Slate. I used to read this guy when he was over at Slate. And he's... Uh, so you lost the election. We had nothing to do with it. Uh, that is the name of, that's the title of his column. And he points out that among Democrats, there's no question that the Democrat Party is sailing in rough waters. What this article, what his column seeks as its objective is to insulate the progressives in the party. What he's making the argument for is, look, it is not the progressives driving the Democrat Party. It is the mainstream Democrats that are driving the party into electoral hot waters. Here's shocking news. From the San Francisco gate, two suspects have actually been arrested. (gasps) This is shocking. Two suspects have been arrested from stealing thousands and thousands of dollars of merchandise from Home Depots. They're repeat offenders. And they had just stolen an additional $3,000 the day before they, of goods from Home Depot before they arrested. These are the smash and grabs. Democrat, of course, in San Francisco and other places, the party of smash and grab, smash and grab and murders. Homicides are an all-time high in blue cities this year. And then there's the Texas abortion law. We briefly touched on it yesterday. The courts. I'm going to handle that. We'll see. Well, we've got plenty of time to discuss that. But if you want to jump in on that and what you think are going to be the outcomes of both the Mississippi case, which uh, which would ban abortions in that state 15 weeks, and Texas six weeks, and you want to weigh in, feel free. When we come back, Princess of Policy, Diana Me. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, Your Majesty, Your Highness, Your Royalness, Your Royalty. (laughs) Princess Di, we bow before you. We kiss your hand. And please don't smack us in the face for doing it. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I am so happy to hear your voice. It is a wonderful thing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, Diana, um, listen, I I speak in sweeping generalities sometimes, and I just want to say up front that uh, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> and you're so good at it. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I very often for years I have avoided. When, I'll tell you a secret. When I was, now I can tell this. When people used to call Rush's show and the first words out of their mouth were George Soros, that was one of the key flags to me that they were not going to get on because uh. I was just like, no, you know, I'm, I don't want this, this whole Soros thing. I'm sick of it. You know, Soros is the boogeyman behind everything. Right. 
And then um, now I'm in looking at all these Soros stories, and I'm like, he is the boogeyman. There's a story on Fox News about how George Soros has bankrolled dark money. Such racist terminology all the time. How do they, the liberals came up with that, by the way, dark money. I mean, where is it from? Is it from Africa? Dark money. It's like, as opposed to what? As opposed to white money? Dark money. Anyway. Soros is bankrolling dark money hub for activists pushing to dismantle the police grants show. So George Soros is involved with this stuff. Well, yes, I think that there's always been evidence that he has used his he's a billionaire and he has used his money in ways to further his agenda and he's been doing it for literal decades. So I agree with you. This, you know, he is treated on the right by a bogeyman, but he is a bogeyman. I don't understand personally why he has been allowed to get away with a lot of his activities, which are nefarious and illegal. But that's another uh, subject. But in this case, you know, his foundation to promote open society that he has, a, you know, a whole network of, of organizations with the words open society. That's his rubric for basic communism. But they are putting millions of dollars into organizations to basically get rid of police. And so that's what this article is about. But it's all absolutely legal they're training community advocates and you know there's nothing illegal about it but what he is behind is is the funding of a lot of electoral offices um such as you know district attorneys and and that is behind a lot of this unwillingness to prosecute crime the no bl movement the no jail movement the catch and release in the big cities, L.A., the worst, are funded, the the offices are funded by Soros organizations. So they have figured out on the American system choke points for justice. So they put, uh, Soros puts his people in there because he figured out that it costs very little money because it's not very competitive to fund these low-level offices. But they are the ones who decide whether or not to prosecute. And so we have been seeing the results of it everywhere. And it is quite an interesting thing that it's getting more mainstream attention. As you say, it's been sort of on the on the fever swamps of the right, the Soros. And then they came up with this new idea on the left to to say any attack on Soros is anti-Semitic, which it is not, because the the right has been on to this guy for quite a while and what his money has funded. So I'm very glad to have Fox do some investigative reporting. They've actually looked at the books and found out where this money is going. And this is for the abolitionist movement. That's what they call it, where they actually want to and say so abolish police. This is not just defund. This is abolish. And so Soros money abolish is behind police. this movement. Yes. Does anybody know where this guy lives? I mean, not his address. I mean, what's is he in the United States or is he like overseas somewhere? Well, he's everywhere, but he has homes. I believe he has one in Westchester. 
So he is, you know, he has been kicked oh. out of some companies, uh, countries. I believe he is not allowed to set foot in Great Britain, but he has homes and headquarters in many, many countries, including America. Huh. All right. Next up, on do you have anything, by the way, on your list that you, that 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 uh, that you want to, you know, bring up? Sure. Here? Or is it? Me? I always, I always have a list. All right. So this is the most fun story in that we probably all guessed this, but CNN reported last week that the White House has been quietly, quote unquote, trying to reshape economic coverage. They have had. All the mainstream, the major (laughs) newsrooms at the White House, and they've been trying to, quote, reshape the economic coverage. So media companies have been meeting in secret with the Biden White House because the Biden White House has been upset that the news has gotten out that the economy is a problem. So they are trying to spin the mainstream media. Interestingly enough, right away, (laughs) Dana Milbank, the Washington Post columnist came out with a story a story saying the media treats Biden as badly or worse than Trump. Here's proof. And he went through some sort of algorithm to claim that Biden is being treated worse than Trump was by the media. So that came on the heels of this, you know, this push to change the coverage. And here here's some interesting uh Headlines that Dana Milbank thought were negative. Dems start to face the hard questions. That was one headline. Biden tries to calm nerves about 2024. These are seen by Dana Milbank as horribly negative and attack headlines on Biden, proving that Biden is being treated worse than Trump was, which is laughable. Anybody understands that. And it's very hard for the White House to spin the economic news when afterwards, yesterday, we just found out that inflation rose at the highest rate in 40 years. So it is now at 6.8 percent inflation, which is horrible for ordinary people. That is and that to me undervalues exactly how bad it's been. I think it's much higher. But that is the official word. 6.8 percent when, in fact, it has been around two or under two for generations. And this is this is coming in a, in a way that is going to snowball. And unfortunately, this is I mean, Biden claims he says, I think this is the peak of the crisis. I think it's the low point. I think we're going to face double digit inflation very soon. Goodness. So I good, hope luck with the, good luck with the spin. Yeah. You know, by the way, that brings up an interesting question to my mind. I remember when Dana Milbank was relevant. I used to read his column, and I still read his columns once in a while, but to me, they're almost so nonsensical. I don't even bother to comment on them. Um, and then there was, remember back in the day when everybody couldn't wait to see what Modo thought, and who cares what Modo thinks anymore? <laughs> and, yes. And, and then there are a bunch of others. What has happened to, uh, just your opinion, what has happened to, to leftist columnists? Have they all bought the Kool-Aid? Are there any that stand out today? Is Then there's that Jennifer Rubin. I mean, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why the Washington Post hires this, hired this woman. I don't understand how they can keep her, given the vitriol and venom that spews out of her columns on a weekly basis. But, I mean, that must be what they want. 
But yes, are there you any... answered your own question. That's exactly what they want. They want uh, their mm-hmm. ears tickled, as it were, on the left, and their readership loves to see and read Trump hate, and so that's what they're getting. Are there any worthwhile columnists in your view from the left that you read and you say occasionally, oh, well, you know, okay, that's a point that needs to be countered, or this is a worthwhile read? Is there anybody out there anymore? Yes, there uh, there are a few that I consider honest. I mean, I will have to, to get their names for you later, but uh, Greenwald on the left has been a consistent true liberal, and he has been defending free speech for a long time. The interesting thing, now that you bring this up, I read in a really good interview in the Wall Street Journal yesterday of uh, the commentary long-term editor Norman Pethoritz, who is a wonderful mind. And he was talking about being on the left in the 60s and how he departed from them and had a a more conservative bent because what bothered him most was the anti-Americanism on the left. And he loved America. And he said in this interview that the Wall Street Journal published yesterday that that has been increasingly vocal on the left is they have basically taken off their mask and they are blatantly anti-American now. And that is the big spiritual question, he says. Is America a force for good in the world or evil? And he said that is the battle right now. And most of the people on the left are just outright anti-American. And I wow. think that is why you fa- find what you're finding. It is it is really hard to find an honest liberal writer because they are all blatantly anti-American. Okay. Now, speaking to that, there's an opinion piece in the New York Times today, why we need to address the scam culture. Now, I looked at that headline and I'm like, oh, yeah, we do need to address the scam culture. And then I read it and I'm like, what yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, this is a word salad. Uh, here, Here is this woman. Her name is Tressy McMillan Cotton. She's an associate professor at the University of North Carolina. And she basically thinks everything is a scam. And so, in her opinion, we need to get rid of them. And she includes the Supreme Court. The Supreme she Court. <laughs> what happens when the Supreme Court becomes just another scam, a scheme to subject women to conditional personhood for the purpose of political? Gain. What so, does that mean? You know, I, so I said a word salad. So <laughs> she has she has found she's written a book and she has found a little niche that she calls everything a scam and then writes about it. But okay. to me, that's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. Yeah, I've written a book too, by the way. Um, you know. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Right yes. on the radio. That needs to be bought. Uh huh. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Op-ed. Supreme Court decision on Texas abortion law puts all of our constitutional rights in jeopardy. That's the Los Angeles Times. The Los Angeles Times worried about a a Texas abortion law that puts our constitutional rights in jeopardy while in Beverly Hills, among the upper, upper, upper elite of Hollywood, now you have home invasions that result in murder while you have smash and grabs in some of the high-end stores on Rodeo Drive where you have this incredible homeless camp that stretches on for miles, where you have people being fired by the hundreds out of their school system for not complying with their bogus uh, the mandates on coronavirus, 
where you have students being shuffled out of school because they won't get vaccinated and they're being forced into these online learning facilities that have already proven in L.A. not to work. This is what the editors at the L.A. Times think is the big important thing, the Supreme Court's decision on the Texas abortion law, because it might put everybody's civil rights in jeopardy. What gives here? Well, I think that this is an interesting point of view that is shared by many. Slate actually put it in this way. John Roberts has lost control. (laughs) 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 And, you know, really, interestingly enough, John Roberts, the Supreme Court lead head guy, also had a hissy fit and said the same thing that all the people on the left are saying. He basically said this is the end of the constitutional system. He sided with the left, as he does often, and basically agreed with Sonia Sotomayor, the wise Latina, where she said the court betrays not only the citizens of Texas, but also our constitutional system of government. And that is what the entire left is now framing this argument on this particular abortion law in Texas. So, you know, you're going to hear more of this high-powered rhetoric, but the thing that the Democrat Party is worried about is they are admitting that this is not going to drive votes, which is surprising to me and surprising to Democrats, that it turns out that a lot of these, you know, up and coming, the two laws you referenced, the Mississippi and the Texas, has not gotten people into the streets at all on the left. And that is unusual because they have their people ready to go usually. But this is not caused the activists maybe it's early maybe that's you know we're we're in for it i don't know but it's a very interesting political development that this has been met with basic quiet in the country well here's something that i didn't know until recently even if the mississippi law is is uh which does not ban abortion by the way it bans abortion after 15 weeks and the texas law six weeks But what I didn't know is that most other countries have the same kind of provisions that permit abortion. They don't do this third trimester thing. They do like 15 weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. I didn't know that until recently. Well, the interesting thing about the Texas law is that it has a new mechanism, and this is what the left is afraid of. They have been saying this provides a roadmap to conservatives Everywhere, because the law itself basically says that the uh, elected officials in the state are not the ones who enforce the law. This is a civil matter that individual citizens can sue abortion providers in civil courts. So there's not a so in other words, the text, the Supreme Court said, well, there's nothing we can do because this is not something that state officials are going to. Amazing. So. So this is one of the things that I think these people feel threatened about, as you say, because all of a sudden, if you have average citizens that are able to sue successfully, this can upturn the entire liberal scheme. Yes, and they know it. That's why you're having this kind of rhetoric. But the individual population, the individual citizens out in the hinterlands 
are not seeing it that way. They're kind of greeting this information with a shrug because this has already happened in Texas. Though that six week law is in effect and, and abortion providers are not providing abortions after six weeks. So it has already happened. You do not yet see people in Texas marching on it from the left, which has, as I would have predicted would have happened. Well, Diana, that's all we have time for today. Unfortunately, we'll be back during the week and cover some more. Uh, there is one thing. I, You know, we ought to do a newsletter, Diana. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that more. James Sounds Golden. Good. Okay. Thank you, Princess of Policy, Diana Me, And you will be joining us in the week upcoming as we move yeah. closer and closer toward Christmas. Looking forward to it. Thank you, James. Thank you much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you, WABC. We're coming back. Your call's coming back with us right after this. J5. There's a young MJ. The Santa Claus. Coming to town, got a big sign on him says, Build Back Better. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly with you. Where are we going, Matt? Telephone time. We are going to Julie in Pennsylvania. Julie, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. How are you, Julie? Hello, sir. I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for giving some of those Dems a chance to spew their venom. It, you handled them so well. It, as they left their call, they couldn't even say goodbye properly <laughs> with normal, graceful gestures. And and it, the only thing we can do at this time of year is to just give people hope and light. Because there's so much venom and so much darkness coming out of their mouths. We just have to fight that all the way. Have and to fight it all the way. Look, <laughs> love it, love it, Julie. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas, darling. Thank you. Where do we go next, Matt? James, let's go to Bill in New Jersey. Welcome, Bill. What part of New Jersey? Uh, Franklin up in Sussex. Are you near Franklin Lakes? No, that's now. No, that is okay. Franklin with the mining town near Hamburg and. Uh, oh, I got you, got you, got you. What's on your mind? Uh, what's on your mind this morning? I can, I'm just wondering, can't they do anything against these blue states that allow public defecation? That they're creating a health crisis, especially because human waste, you know, can cause typhoid and cholera. Well, you're talking about mostly you're talking about mostly San Francisco, where they actually had to have maps alerting tourists where they can how they can avoid. And this is real, folks. He's not making it up. It, the problem is so bad in San Francisco that you have groups now that are giving maps to tourists and others to tell them where to avoid it, so that they won't have to worry about uh, these these unfortunate piles that are on the streets of the city with human beings, homeless human beings. Um, so this, look, this is what it's like it, when you have the blue Democrat party take over and have power incessantly for decades and decades and decades, and they're not checked. And these cities are turning, well, San Francisco, home of Nancy Pelosi, the San Francisco treat. Th- this city's becoming unlivable. 
And now you have these smash and grabs. You have these bail reform efforts where criminals are just released and recycled into the population to commit more crimes. You have the high taxes, the failing schools. This is what life is like in blue America. This is what they consider to be their norm. So, no. Isn't it ironic that they they allow public defecation, but if you don't curb your dog, you'll get a fine? Wow. You know what? You just pointed out one of the ironies of life in the blue city, and there you go. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate the call, my friend. Where do we go next, Matt? James, let's go to Teddy in Yonkers. Teddy, welcome. How are you? Uh, good morning, Mr. Dolan. This is the first time I've uh, been on the radio with you. Okay. I know you, you espouse uh, viewpoints that uh, conform to your beliefs, which is the, the right. And mm-hmm. At times, it seems like it's the far right. I'm a liberal with sanity Democrat, as Ed Koch used to say. Okay. I'm a centrist. Um, I agree with you 100% about the looting, that they should be prosecuted and thrown in jail. I mm-hmm. agree with you 100%. But you never, you never talk about the threats that come from the right. I just read on the computer the other day, Steve Bannon said, and Bates, I think that's his name from Florida, said that when Trump runs in 24 and wins, there will be a revolution that you've never seen before in Washington, a complete investigation and of the FBI. They are, they're still saying that the election was stolen. Why don't you, on the air, unequivocally, say that it's wrong what they're saying? Okay, it's Teddy, wrong. can I... Teddy, can I... Teddy, may I answer your question? And would you please hang on while I do and not hang up? Are you there, Teddy? I am. Okay. It is my belief that Steve Bannon is right about the FBI being corrupt. By the way, I love Steve Bannon. Love Steve Bannon. Okay? He's a hero. Now, here's one of the things that, that, and, and Teddy, this goes way back. So bear with me while I go through a little history lesson with the FBI, okay? One of the first victims of the FBI were Italian immigrants when um, when J. Edgar Hoover took over. J. Edgar Hoover hated immigrants, and he used the FBI to basically disrupt and make miserable the life of Italian immigrants. When the FBI got started, now, look, I was one of those kids who sat and watched the FBI shows, and I was all impressed with the G-Men and all that stuff. But I also lived through the 70s and and the 80s and the the 60s. And what the FBI did with the Black Panthers and with the Civil Rights Movement was disgraceful. It was against the law. The FBI pretty much infiltrated groups illegally illegally used illegal wiretaps on these people, violated their constitutional rights, and in some cases committed murder against people in the Black Panther Party, and they never were held to account for it. Okay? Now you go to the FBI with Donald Trump. The FBI agents were actively trying to spy on Donald Trump. That is a proven fact. You had FBI people that were also conspiring to take out his presidency. This whole Russia collusion hoax thing, the FBI's fingerprints are all in it. 
and they have not been held to account. The FBI let Hillary Clinton get away with illegality, and it was dismissed as, oh, she didn't mean it. The FBI and the DOJ are corrupt, period. And corruption, I don't care whether it's against right-wingers or left-wingers. This is where I fall, and this is where you may not like what I'm saying, but this is true. If the FBI were doing this in favor of Republicans and doing things to Democrats that were illegal in favor of Republicans, I demand that that the House be cleaned. That is not what the FBI is supposed to do. America deserves a Justice Department that is impartial with regard to political party. America deserves a Justice Department that is about justice, not political bludgeoning of opponents. The FBI has a history of corruption and has never been cleaned out properly. And one of the things that I resent is that J. Edgar Hoover, perhaps one of the most corrupt officials in American history, has a damn building with his name on it. The FBI, in my view, and that is not to disparage the tens of thousands of competent, good, hardworking agents in the FBI who do the right thing. Yes, there are many agents in the FBI who are all about doing good. I'm not trying to disparage them. But as an institution, the FBI has and is a corrupt institution, and they need to be dealt with. Is, does that answer part of your question, Teddy? Yes, you were very eloquent in saying that. Let me just make a point, okay? The right wing, you don't talk about, once again, I don't disagree with you. There is left wing anti-Semitism, and I'm, and I'm Jewish, and I'm against the AOC squad 100%. But I'm also against two wrongs don't make a right. This is not a mathematical equation. I taught math for 40 years, okay? You have Marjorie Taylor Greene and saying that the Jews came from outer space, okay? They're spying on us. You had the other congressman. I did not that. hear that comment from Marjorie Taylor Greene. I know that she did say things that she had to retract um, and that she... Um, later came out and asked for forgiveness for saying, but I didn't hear that particular quote. Yeah, but you make light of it. Anything that the right says, you don't expound upon it like you do the left. Your station is 100%, 100% right wing. Then why are you on here? You have David Patterson on, who I think is great. You throw a, you throw a bone to people. That's <laughs> what you're doing. But you're not fooling people. Please. No one's, look, I'm not trying to fool anybody. Guess what? I'm a right winger. I know you are. Okay, but guess what? I'm also, before I'm a right winger, you know what I am? You're a black American. I'm an American. No, I'm an American who happens to be black. I want our country to succeed. I want America to succeed. I want America to be prosperous, to America to live up to its potential for every American citizen. That is our birthright, including my left wing friends. But here's the deal, Teddy. Okay. It is not the right wing that is allowing criminals to go on the street and kill people. I agree with you on that. It is not the right wing that is responsible for the 242 failing schools in New York City that continue to churn out 
minority students every year that are ill-equipped to deal with society. It is not the right wing that is trying to stop people from voting, even though that's what liberals say. It is not the right wing that has destroyed America's health care system. It is not the right wing that refuses to support our military, especially when they're in the middle of a war action. It is not the right wing that continues to tax people of their earnings so that they can spend them on people, including illegal immigrants who are not even citizens of the country and call that right. It is not the right wing who is responsible for our borders being unchecked. It is not the right wing that tolerates American citizens being murdered in the streets so that with this silly idea that you shouldn't give people that you should grant people bail for serious crimes because of some alleged incident of racism. That's not even about that person. If the right wing were doing the kind of stupid things that the liberals in this country are doing and ruining the country the way liberals are doing, I'd be talking about the right wingers. But they are not doing that. Is there anything in the Bring Back Better bill that you agree with? For example, how about parental leave to bring up uh, children? Shouldn't they, they be given some time off? American businesses are, see, here's the premise. The premise is that American business owners are heartless bastards and that we need the government to step in and tell American businesses how to do the right thing. I don't believe that. I believe that most American small business owners particularly want to do the right thing by their employees. Now, we are not Sweden. We are not the Netherlands. We are not a socialist nation. We are a nation that's built on capitalism. And I support capitalism. And I do not support these government mandates where these people who have never held a job, never met payroll, don't know what it's like to run a business. I think they have the audacity to tell businesses how to run. We are the superpower of the world because our businesses, owners, used to be free to make the decisions that are in their best interest. And that's what I support. No, I do not support these government mandates. But, Teddy, I Teddy, I got to take a break, man. I love your call, man. We got to finish this. We, not finish it. We got to continue this. Yeah, you call us back and let's let's finish. Let's talk about things as we go along. I love your call, bro. Thank you for calling. Thank you. All right, Teddy. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, break time. Coming back more after this. I met some of the Ronettes, one of them at uh, once in a quite a recording session at the uh, Hit Factory. Uh, She came through with, believe it or not, Phil Spector. This was way back in the day. Anyway, uh, WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, that case, Nerdy with you. Let's head back, phones. We're going to do rapid phones to wrap it up here because we've got a lot of people on hold and we want to talk to everybody we can. Where are we going next, Matt? Let's go to Pete in the Bronx. Hey, Pete. Welcome. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning, Mr. Golden. I, I have a statement that leads to a question. About... Make it quick and make it count. Go ahead. Well, okay. I've been waiting on hold for about an hour. Doesn't matter. Make well, it I, quick I, and I, make I, it count. January 6th, uh, January 6th the, uh, uh, the Capitol. 
As far as the question of were there possibly rebel rousers at the Capitol there to rile up the Trump supporters to get them to misbehave, uh, I'm concerned about one or two people. I think it was at the same in the video where Ashley Babbitt was shot. And there was a young fella there all dressed in black, breaking the glass and breaking the door. And I want to know, is he in jail with the horn guy since I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know there's no way I can answer the question as to who's in jail and who's not whether the guy in black or the guy in red or the guy in blue is in jail here's what I do know people that whether they were provoked or not that went inside the capitol and vandalized the capitol there is no excuse for it they should be in jail now also they should not be treated like they are in in Abu Ghraib and my problem is not that they were arrested. My problem is not that they're in jail. My problem is the conditions that they are facing inside jail. They should receive fair justice. And if anybody's mistaken about where I'm coming from, here's where I'm coming from. Fair justice under the law for every American citizen. That's well, I'm just, I'm just, what I I'm want. Just saying- well, I'm, I'm just saying that if this person was doing this, that would answer. If he's not in jail, that answers the question whether it doesn't was- answer anything. It doesn't answer anything. You look, it is a lot more complicated than saying oh, if the guy in black is not in jail. That answers something. Look, people See, that so- do wrong, Pete, I'm really simple on this. If you did wrong, you should pay the price. I don't care whether you were dressed in black, red, tangerine or fuchsia. If you did wrong, you should pay the price for it, period. And by the way, that includes the person that killed Ashley Babbitt. Uh, th- that that needs to be addressed as well. I got to go. Where are we going next? Thank you. Where are we going next? Let's go to Gracie in Rockland. Gracie, my Gracie. How are you, darling Gracie? Thank you. How are you? Listen, the call of of the liberal, the supposed liberal, the two points he made was one, the uh, anti-Semitism, and uh, he mentioned that congresswoman. When you said you never heard it, I want to know where is his source, okay? He pulled it out of the internet. Oh, boy, that's really a good source, number one. The second one, he said he was a teacher, okay? Now, then he talked about that parental leave. Okay, Mr. Teacher, because I was a Mrs. Teacher. Uh, when the, your, uh, when the, the next door neighbor who teaches math has to go on maternity leave, they're going to take all those kids and put them in your class and you'll have a double class. All right? Are you still for maternity leave? Because when the teacher goes on maternity leave or paternity leave or grandpa leave, who is, where are we supposed to get these teachers from? That's all I have to say. You, uh, he spoke and you gave such a good explanation. I wish it could be typed and we could just have it because I can't remember everything, Bo. But you, you laid everything out so clean. These people, they say they're Democrats. They don't know why they're Democrats. But I was born a Democrat. Okay, that's what my old friends say. They don't know whether they're coming or going. And on that happy note, Bo, you're terrific. God bless you and Merry Christmas. God bless you. Merry Christmas, Gracie. I love you so much. James Golden and Case Nunley, where do we go next? Let's go to John in Port Washington. Welcome, John. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Um, you stated to um, the one liberal like myself that uh, you didn't know of any state laws being changed about voter restriction. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona is one state that changed the laws where the uh, attorney general no, no longer certifies, where the legislation can throw out the voters' choice uh, who was for president, and the legislature can decide uh, who who is the uh, uh, represent who is going to be from the. Hey, John, let me let me suggest uh, something to you. Coming from the Brennan Brennan just the Brennan Center for Justice. Okay, John, hold on. John, I want to discuss this in depth with you. I am aware of the Arizona law, and you're making points that do need to be addressed and countered. So let's do this when I don't just have 30 seconds with you. Let's have you call back, and then let's go through the the states that there are many that are reforming voters. This is important, John. This is an important issue. And I want you to have a full say. And I want to steal, steal, steal the citizens' votes. John, I want you to have a full say. Republicans are trying to steal the American citizens' votes. John, that's laughable. But I want you to have a full say anyway, and I want to be able to retort some of that nonsense. So let you call back, and then let us talk about voting and what's going on in these states. Okay, friend? Ben and Center for Justice in New York State University. Okay. So I get All right, John, take it easy, man. Call back. We're going to we're gonna talk about this. James Golden, that case, nearly time's running. I don't know. I wish I had another hour. Anyway, my friends, winter, New York. Christmas time, New York, winter wonderland. We're in the greatest city in the world, aren't we? New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey. Let's enjoy this. We're in the greatest nation. Humanity has ever witnessed our beautiful, wonderful, beloved America. God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. I'll be back on Monday at 4 o'clock. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, out. Peace. Love you. Bye.